Father, only you know what's going on inside of each of our hearts, inside of each of our minds right now. And I just pray that right now we would be able to focus our minds' attention and our hearts' affections on you. The one true God, full of grace and truth. Out of the fullness of your grace and truth and love, you sent your Son to give us light in our darkness, to give us hope in our hopelessness, to give us peace in our anxiety. Lord, we just praise Jesus this morning. We look to Him. And God, we, we pray this morning for our city. We pray that those in our city who do not know you would come to know you. We pray that we would be the light you call us to be in our city. God, in a city that can be divided over so many things. Lord, we pray for unity in Christ. We pray for redemption in Christ. God, we just pray for the hurting right now. Those who don't have a church family, those who feeling alone this morning in our city, we pray that you would just meet them where they are at with the comfort that you comfort us with in all of our affliction. And God, we just pray that this Christmas, many, many will come to know you. Even in a dark time in our world, in our city, and in our nation, God, I pray that your light will still shine. We know you're working. We pray with expectation, God. God, I pray right now as we continue to look at your words, look at your glory, that we would be changed, that we would be transformed by your power and your grace. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You'll open with me to the book of John. We're going to be in John 1, verses 14 through 18. And if you're able, please stand for the reading of God's word if you're able. This morning, as we just want to honor our great God and the word that He's given to us. We're finishing up the introduction of John's gospel this morning. And John 1 14 18 says this The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen, ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. The very words of God. And may God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. We get to celebrate Christmas, a Christmas unlike any other this week. For many people, Christmas is a time of great celebration and happiness. But for many others, especially 
the time we are living in, for many others, Christmas only seems to multiply the pain and struggle that's already in their life. We need grace. We're going to talk about grace this morning. But I want you to put yourself in the shoes of someone right now who needs grace. I want you to picture yourself. You are addicted. You're addicted to painkiller prescription drugs. And you can't, you seem to not be able to go a day without these drugs to numb the pain in your life. You end up losing your job because of your dependence on these drugs. Your family is urging you to stop taking these painkiller drugs, but, and you say, I will, I will, but you, you don't. They urge you to seek, seek help, but, but you won't. And then you get your, your last paycheck, your seventh check from your job that you should use to spend on Christmas gifts for your family and food to feed your family, but you spend it on these drugs. And your family, they, they end up abandoning you. They, they need support. You're not supporting them. They need help. They can't trust you anymore. And you end up homeless on the streets on Christmas Day. And you're helpless, you're hopeless, and after weeks on the street, you're living in a cardboard box on the sidewalk. People see you on the sidewalk, walking towards you, they intentionally avoid eye contact with you. You feel like you've lost all dignity. And you know people approaching you on the sidewalk, you see them even cross the street to a Intentionally avoid walking past you. You're helpless. You're hopeless. You know you smell. You know you don't deserve kindness. But then one day, somebody doesn't cross the street to avoid you. Someone looks you in the eye. They come to you. They come close to you. They listen to you. They care for you. They help you. They show you undeserved kindness. They show you grace. Now that may not be a feel-good Christmas story to start our time together this morning. And your story, your life may not be that dramatic, but we all struggle with some something we sinfully run to to escape the pain of life in this broken world. It may not be painkiller prescription medicine for you. It may be the approval of other people. It may not be drugs for you. It may be money and wealth. It might be entertainment and comfort. For others, it might even be self-righteous moralism. Oh, I would never be like that. I would never end up in a position like that. And Jesus says that's the worst kind of sin. That's self-righteousness. We all struggle with these things, 
that they may not leave us physically bankrupt and on the street, but they all, all of us, we are left spiritually bankrupt. And we all know 2020's brought it even more. I know in my heart and mind often this ache we all feel in our soul. And God, He could, God could rightly, fairly demand us, hey, get your act together. He could consign us to destruction and move on justly. It would be fair of Him to do that. He's holy and righteous and we are rebellious and unclean sinners. But I I have good news this morning. That's not our God and that's not how He treats us. Even though that's how we deserve to be treated if we're honest with ourselves. No, our God, He doesn't avoid us. He doesn't abandon us. He comes close to us in love. He offers grace. He offers kindness that we don't deserve. This is what Christmas is all about. At the incarnation, at Christmas, we see the embodiment of grace. And our God taking on the form of a man, entering into our broken existence so that He might save us. And we see that in our text this morning. At the end of the introduction to John's Gospel, we see God Almighty, the Holy of Holies, in perfect paradise in heaven. He steps down and He comes to our dirty cardboard box of a world. And He comes close and He helps us and He offers care for us in our desperate time of need to show us grace. John 1.14 says the Word, this divine Word who is God, the Son of God, He became flesh and He dwelt among us full of grace and truth. We're going to talk about grace this morning. John 3.16, as we lit the Advent candle, God so loved the world that He sent His only Son. How does He show us His love? In offering the greatest gift of grace imaginable. We're going to talk about grace this morning. We're going to talk about two things simply. What is grace and why is God's grace? Why is it so good? Why is it so good and why should we rest in it this week in an uncertain time, an uncertain Christmas season? Why can we rest in His grace? What is grace? Let's begin there. I hope you guys have been enjoying uh, the Christmas devotionals. I know I have. Uh, They've been very encouraging. They go through day by day um, during this Advent season, this prologue, just John 1. And just celebrating the gift of who Jesus is to us in this season. I've been really encouraged. If you're even behind, pick one of these up. You can check it online at our website. But I'd encourage you. And even one of the entries for this week, I'll go ahead and give you a sneak sneak peek preview of one of the devotionals. David Eanes talks about what grace is. It's a word we use in church a lot, but do we understand what grace is? I think our children's minister, David Eanes, does a great job of explaining it in his devotional. He says, grace is getting something positive that you don't deserve. Grace is getting something positive that you don't deserve versus mercy. Mercy is different than grace. God offers us grace and mercy. Mercy 
is not getting something negative that you do deserve. So grace is getting the positive thing that you don't deserve. And mercy is not getting the negative thing that you do deserve. So I'm a dad with young kids. I get to come up with these kind of illustrations all the time through my three sons. For example, my sons, I tell them, hey boys, if you clean up your toys, I will give you this positive thing of ice cream. And I will, if you clean up your toys, I will not give you this negative thing of discipline. But what if, and Lord knows this never happens. What if they, they don't obey? What if they don't obey? And they decide we're not going to clean, clean our, our, our toys. I could give them discipline. They rightly deserve it. I could withhold the ice cream. But what if I say, you know what? It's Christmas. I'm going to pay the price for you. I'm going to clean up the toys. And I'm going to teach you a lesson. Sons, I'm going to show you grace. I'm going to show you mercy. I'm going to show you mercy. I'm going to withhold the negative thing that you deserve. And I'm not going to give you the discipline. And I'm even going to show you the grace. And I'm going to give you the positive thing. I'm going to give, we're going to have an ice cream party. And I'm going to give you this good thing that you don't deserve. That kindness, that undeserved kindness, that's what grace is. And this is what we see in this passage, that our God is full of grace. He's generous in giving us grace. We see that Jesus Christ is full of grace and truth. And even verse 117, grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. But I want you to know that God's grace... He could show us justice, but He deals with us, our amazing God. He deals with us according to grace. He sends us His Son, and His grace reconciles with truth. A great acronym, some of you have probably heard for grace, is grace stands for G, God's, R, God's riches, A, at, C, Christ's, E, expense. Grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. God is able to show us this great grace, this great kindness we don't deserve because Jesus has come to pay the price for us. And we see Jesus reconciles God's grace with his truth. Because some people imagine God as some great cosmic grandfather that's this tyrannical grandfather who's just so rigid and and just authoritarian and rude, but God is full of grace, and we see that in Jesus Christ. But God is also not a weak, you know, just, I'm going to let things slide, I'm going to just sweep bad things under the rug, I'm just going to let things go, you know, I'm just going to be nice. Like, God is not this weak, morally fickle grandfather. God is full of grace and He's full of truth. God is not a moral relativist. Moral relativist. And he has made a way to reconcile his grace, his showing us undeserved kindness with truth by sending the God-man, Jesus Christ, to live in our place, to die in our place, so that we might have God's grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. He's full of grace and truth. He doesn't... Lower his standards. 
He's able to be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. This is very good news. This is the character of God's grace. And we see this embodied in Jesus Christ. We see this in his life. John says in verse 18, no one has ever seen God the Father in heaven in all his glory. No one has ever seen this God who dwells in inapproachable light. But because God came to us in His Son, in verse 18 He says, No one has ever seen God, but in the image of the invisible God, the God with skin, in Jesus Christ, we see who God is. We see what God is like. We see His nature and how Jesus loves sinners and how He's kind and compassionate. We can know that God is a God of kindness and compassion who meets sinners where they are to help them and heal him, heal them in grace. But that Jesus doesn't lower God's standard. He's full of grace and truth. And we see this in the God-man, Jesus Christ. That is the nature of God's grace revealed in Jesus Christ. Why is this grace so good? Why is this grace worth you getting up on Sunday morning and coming here to listen to me talk about it? Is it worth it? I believe it is. Why is it so good? Why is grace, God's grace, so good? It's so good because of who gives it. The one who gives it to us. I want you to think about this. You know, we spend Christmas with people we love, but often we take them for granted. And we, you know, oh, it's nice. I'm going to get to see Aunt Betty and Uncle Joe and all my... and, And I pray you would get to see your family this Christmas. I know we're in a strange time where we have to be wise. But normally we just get to see you know, our family members at Christmas, and that's great. But what if somebody came close to you this Christmas that was your most favorite celebrity? That person you're like, I look up to them so much. I think that they're, they are so great. I don't know who it is for you. For me, because I'm a weird preacher creature, as J.T. Hart likes to call him, it'd be some well-known pastor for me who I think he's... Just the bee's knees. He's incredible. And what if this amazing pastor, like Charles Stanley, he came and he spent Christmas with me, with my family. That would be incredible. Why would you, Charles Stanley, this great, amazing preacher, why would you come and spend Christmas with me and my family? But he wanted to out of his grace, out of, his, out of just kindness. Hey, I want to do something special for you. As special as that would be, this morning we can remember who has shown us grace. The the Word become flesh who is God. God Himself has come near to us at Christmas. Who gives it? And even verse 15, John the Apostle talks about John the Baptist. I know that can get confusing, but in verse 15, in John 1.15, he's talking about John the Baptist saying... You know, people could think because John the Baptist was born before Jesus the God-man was born, that, you know, John has a lot of followers, and he was a great teacher and preacher. A lot of people were following him. You know, maybe was he the Messiah or is Jesus the Messiah? And John the Apostle in verse 15, he wants to make it clear. Jesus, you know, John the Baptist was a prophet, but Jesus is more than any prophet. 
He's a, he is God himself. He, even though he was born after John the Baptist, he's greater than John the Baptist. He's the word become flesh, the son of God in all his glory who came to dwell among us to show us God's grace. And John points us to that and he says, why, what, what are Jesus' qualifications? What makes him so great? He says in verse 16, for, for, out of his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. What makes Jesus so great is he is just overflowing with this kindness to share to his people. And he generously gives this transforming, redeeming grace, this amazing, glorious God-man, Jesus Christ. He's come close to us to offer us, out of his fullness, this great kindness and grace. That's why it's so good, because of who gives it. The one greater than anyone else who's ever walked on the face of the earth. He wants to be so near to us at Christmas, even this Christmas, by his spirit whom he's given to us. Also, why is it so good? Why is God's grace so good? Because of how powerful it is. God's grace puts us in a new position. God's grace is able to turn us from being enemies of God to being heirs. God's grace turns us from being rebels against God and orphans in our cardboard box on the sidewalk to God taking us in to be His own sons and daughters and forgiving us our sins and offering us the goodness of of His Son that we could never earn. God's grace puts us in a new position. That's how powerful it is through Jesus Christ. It's so powerful. God's grace is so powerful that it takes God, who could be against us because of our sin, but the promises of God in the Bible to His people are, by my grace, I will never turn away from being good to you. Jeremiah 32, 40. This is a promise that Jesus fulfills. He says, I will make a promise, an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from doing good to them. I will rejoice in doing them good. Romans 8.28 says, We know that for those who love God and are called according to His purpose, all things work together for their good. We can know no matter what, what we're going through in this season, God is not against us because of His grace in Christ. God is for us. And He wants to turn even the bad things that might be going on in our life, He is using them for good. God has not turned against us. He is for us. That's how powerful His grace is. And we see how powerful it is also in this new covenant that I was just talking about, that part of it is He he won't turn away from doing good to us. But look at verse 17. It contrasts Jesus reveals grace and truth. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. What's going on there? Well, the law... It was good. God gave us, this is how you love me. This is how you love other people. This is how you flourish in creation, by following my commands. And if we were sane people, we would follow them because we know these commands are for our good. But all these commands just hit us on the outside. And they didn't transform our hearts. But what we see in verse 17 
John is pointing us to, when Jesus comes, he's fulfilling this new covenant. That's why we call it the New Testament, where not only am I going to give you these good commands, I'm going to give you a new heart to love me, to love my commands. I'm going to give you a new spirit so that you might love me from the inside out and not just do my commands out of duty, but do them because you want to do them and you know it's for your good. This is how powerful God's grace is in Christ. It changes us. It transforms us from the inside out if we receive it. Why also is it so good? It's, it's good because of who gives it. It's good because of how powerful it is. It's also good because it's inexhaustible. Look at verse 16. Out of Jesus' fullness, we've all received grace upon grace. One grace after the other. I think of, you know, have you ever eaten a really good meal and you're so sad when it's almost over? You're like, man, I don't want this to be over. I was eating buffalo chicken dip yesterday with my wife and she makes some amazing buffalo chicken dip. And I was just like, no, it's almost over. Like, this is so good. I'm enjoying this so much. And good things in life can often be like that. We can enjoy them for a moment, for a season, but they run out. But what I want you all to see in verse 16 is God's grace is inexhaustible. It never runs out. It doesn't say he gives us just one time grace. Like, okay, you sign the card, you walk the aisle, you pray the prayer, you're a Christian, you got your ticket to heaven, your get out of hell free card. Now you go on with your life. You've got my grace in your back pocket. So now do do what you want to do. That's not what God's grace is about. That's not what the Christian life is about. God's grace is something that we feast on day after day. We go to Him, this one who has grace upon grace, who wants to keep showing us love, keep showing us kindness, keep helping us in our time of need, keep getting us through the valley of the shadow of death. He's there with us, helping us, guiding us through His powerful grace that is inexhaustible. And one day, one of my favorite passages concerning God's grace, Ephesians 2, it talks about who we were before Christ, without Christ. It says we were dead in our sins. We were slaves to the devil. We were helpless, hopeless, like that guy in the story I started with. We had no hope. But then, verse 4 in Ephesians 2, it says, God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses and sin, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And this is the verse I want y'all to hear this morning. Verse 7 of Ephesians 2. So that in the coming ages, in eternity, this is what we have to look forward to as Christians. A grace that will never run out. He says in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Heaven is not going to be, we're just with halos and, and clouds playing harps and it's boring. And we're just like, man, this is a bummer. No, heaven is going to be where we experience the immeasurable riches of His grace endlessly, inexhaustibly, day after day after day, the riches of His grace and kindness to us in Christ Jesus. 
That's what we can cling to and hope even in our dark days here in this broken world. The inexhaustibleness of His grace. It's just going to get better and better as we continue to let His grace sustain us. So as we close this morning, I just want to ask you, we've seen what grace is. We've seen why it's so good, who gives it to us, how powerful it is, and how inexhaustible it is. The question I want to ask as we close this morning is, are you receiving this grace? Are you depending on this grace to get by day by day? You know, what I've noticed in my own life, one of the things that often blocks me from enjoying God's grace in my life is my pride and not humbling myself. I think often there's people that think they're either not good enough for God's grace and love, they think they're not good enough, or they think they don't need it. And if I'm being honest with you this morning, I often think I don't, I don't need it. God, I, I can get by on my own. But thank God for His grace in my life. That even when I'm in my little cardboard box of self-pity and doubt, that when I'm struggling, that He sent somebody, even someone at this church, was an embodiment of God's grace to me one day a few weeks ago. I was struggling. I was in a time of just just feeling down, and this person comes into my office and they say, how are you doing? And I can tell it's not just a, hey, how are you doing, just to be polite, but it's like a genuinely, no, really, how are you doing? And this person, they just listened to me, they encouraged me in Christ. And even that person in that moment, they were a reminder to me of God's inexhaustible, powerful grace in my life. That God is going to keep showing kindness to me. Even when I run off in my sin, He's going to keep coming after me. And I just need to humble myself and receive His His amazing grace. And 1 John 4.11, even as this person was to me that day, we can be the embodiment of God's grace to other people. 1 John 4.11 and 12, it says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God in all His glory. But if we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us so that people might see the character of God as we love one another. Just as we've perfectly seen the character of God and how Jesus Christ loved and lived. This is good news. That we have a God of amazing grace. And no matter what pain you're going through, no matter what hurt or sin is going on in your life right now, wherever you are at, God's grace is right there, ready to meet you right where you are. He wants to listen. He wants to care for you. He wants to help you. He might send people in your life, people in this church, close friends that they, they want to be that picture of God's grace to you. They want to help you. Maybe talk to somebody this week. But I just invite you to receive this amazing grace this morning.
If you've never received it, if you've never trusted Christ, I pray that today you would trust in this one who came to live for you, die for you, who rose again. Trust in Jesus. Don't stop looking other places. Trust me, it's not those other places. They, they're, they're all dead ends. Jesus Christ is enough and he's so good. And I just want to encourage you to receive him this morning if you never have. If you are a believer this morning, let's keep resting in his grace. And maybe as we receive his grace, we can. the best receivers of his grace are the ones most qualified to extend it to others. And often those ones who receive it best are the ones who have been, are broken and, and know I'm messed up and I need God's grace. And so they're, they're willing to listen and, and help others in their time of need. Just as God has helped us through sending us his son at Christmas to save us, to come close, to be there, to care. Let's rest in Jesus and and celebrate his grace this week. Let's pray. Father, I, I just thank you for your grace. Apart from your grace, I'm in no way qualified to be up here. Uh, But you have amazing grace. And you give us your word, your truth, that shows that you are full of grace and truth, that you come to meet us, whatever we're going through, you want to help us, you want to give us hope. You want to help us even take that next step. Sometimes it's even hard to get out of bed to take that next step. But wherever we're at, we can know the glory of the, the one true God who sent his son to Come into our mess and heal our brokenness. God, may people hearing this at home, maybe scared with what's going on, may they be comforted by your grace this morning. Those hearing me this morning, I pray that they would be comforted by your grace. That we would be ones who receive your grace and extend it to those around us this Christmas. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.